Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Jumping on for a quick solo pod here. Got a couple of breaking news over the last couple of days. Wanted to really touch base on before we get into some really good off-season content with some of the boys coming on. So I thought I'd start off with the COVID situation. Obviously, in New South Wales, it's uh, heating up over 5,000 cases today. And we've seen around the world, a lot of the sporting, you know, looking in America, especially the NBA, the NFL, have really started to feel the effects of COVID in the off-season here in Australia. The Swans had their big outbreak of 10 players. As of yesterday, four people um, contacted with the Canberra Raiders have contracted the virus. So it seems to be heating up in the NRL is putting in some new COVID uh, protocols again, which is for, for most cl- uh, competitions around the world, they can afford to have the the break in between. Before league, as we saw, you know, that little break put some clubs nearly on their knees and we really can't afford it. So I think it's very smart for the NRL to be, you know, we're about to jump, jump into January, Jan, February into the preseason here. It's smart to get on top of it now and put those restrictions in place because, again, we still don't really know long-term effects of COVID. There hasn't been that many if any, uh, NRL players that have that have contracted it. So it's smart to really be on top of it now and, you know, ensure that we have as many of our best in the game trying to compete and, you know, be there week in, week out with some safe protocols. So I think that is very, very smart. The next uh, ticket on the item is the rule change. So obviously the six again was a big introduction to the rule change and for good or bad, it's sped up the game. It's created more attacking opportunities. One of the... One of the real big setbacks has been where teams are very happy to give the six in away rather than the penalty, you know, with the offsides off the scrums and things like that. So the NRL is about to uh, bring in and regulate this. So what will happen here is if you are in your own half, um, you'll be giving away a penalty now. So essentially no more six again if you're in your own half, if you, you'll be penalised Um now, if you're on the other side of halfway, it will still maintain a the six again, but the anything for an offside or a rock infringement inside your own half will be a penalty, which I think is good. That will, you know, especially if you're in your own half and, you know, you're giving away that first tackle off a scrum, for example, being able to knock the ball up 40 metres up the field will deter that. So I think that is a good rule change. They've been really criticised for, you know, coming in and making so many sweeping changes, which again is not really the best thing to do. But in this day and age, you've got to try where the really good teams will take advantage of it and, you know, adapt. It's smart to go through there and really uh, fix that up there. Let's get into some signings, guys. I think the signings is where it's really been uh, popping off here. So obviously the big one first is there's been a re-signing. Junior Paulo, in my mind as a Parramatta fan, the best Parramatta player on the roster has re-signed with the club, which I think is, only can be good things, you know. I think he's easily our best player. You know, the impact he can bring, the roll forward, the offloads, the meters, it's all there. And for a guy like Junior to really, you know, some clubs who are really going to try and chase him and bring him into the into their fold, I think it's very, very nice for Parramatta to be able to to get that signature done. They've also re-signed Hayes Dunster. Uh, so Hayes, you know, came on the wing last year uh, when Siva got injured and really held his own and I think he has been able to he came in for Fergo as well when Fergo got dropped I think that is his wing spot you know I think Bailey Simonson coming in they'll have to fight it out while Sivo is out to see who's going to be replacing him but to me Hayes has really come leaves some bounds 
One that we've touched on for quite a bit now is the Brandon Smith signing. So he has now been confirmed to the Roosters as of 2023. It's a huge, huge deal. He's played less than 100 games. You think that the Chiefs has been around for so long, but he has only been around for about 80-odd games. To me, it's just it's incredible the, the fact that great teams are able to reload like this. And, you know, you can't really talk about the Sombrero in this case. You know, you look at the names they've lost. Cordner, Friends, the Morris Boys. Isaac Liu, Ikevalu, they've lost a lot of talent in their, in their recent years. And, you know, for a player like Brandon Smith to be able to come in there, you know, that number nine jersey, we all thought Sam Verrills was going to be the next man up. He's had his chance, but hasn't really been able to nail down that spot. And with rumours around possibly Redcliffe going for Sam Verrills, I think it's a smart signing. You get him in there, him and Connor Watson as a one-two punch. Sounds extraordinary. If they can, you know, really go between nine and 13, the way that him and Harry Grant, it's, it's I can see it happening in a very similar way how those two kind of interacted on the field together is how you would have Cheese and Watson go. So it's really, really good to see. And we're going to do a podcast on its own on the Roosters because especially for this year, but then going into 23, it's hard to see anyone but being a prohibitive favourite as much as they are right now. So we'll, we'll touch base on that one again. But I just wanted to, yeah, obviously that is now being confirmed as a three-year deal from 23 going to be in the peak of his powers. He's played 86 games. He's obviously won the premiership in 2020. It's going to be a pretty interesting next couple of uh, months leading into the season. And then obviously we'll keep a close eye on the Roosters heading into next season. Corey Norman announced his retirement. This is a, this is one as we start doing some rewind podcasts this off season, we've got uh, quite a few lined up uh, looking 10 years back, you know, 2012 to 2022. It's, incredible to me that Corey Norman he's just turned 30 the the success we'll put it that way the success he had in the game when you when he burst through at the Broncos as the fullback and even when he went to Parramatta in the halves I thought there was a lot more for him there and he had he's had a great career don't get me wrong but man I I would have put money on very early in the career that is a multi-time origin and Australian wearing jersey the way he was just so smooth you know, when he came in, you know, you had Comical Hunt before him in that in that Broncos number one jersey, who was just, you know, raw power and there was some elusiveness. But Corey was just all class. And you saw him when he moved into the halves, his kicking game, one of the best ones in the comp. The passing game was so underrated. When you're talking about the best passes in the comp, Corey never gets put in there. But yeah, for whatever reason, it's never really kicked on. And again, another podcast I'd like to do as we kind of do a bit of a rewind segment through this offseason, I'd like to really examine Corey Norman because I think it's a case where people like me and other people who do talk on podcasts can really, you know, boost up a guy early on in the career. And, you know, we look at the end of it and go, oh, that was a bit disappointing where at the end of the day, you know, it's actually probably a very nice career and a lot of players would kill to have a career like Corey Norman. So we'll go into a bit more on that one, but that's obviously some, some huge retirement news. There was going to be interesting to see where he went. 228 games, like I said, he's only 30. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting as we look back now and, and rate that career, um, how we do look into that. The Dolphins have made their third signing. So obviously they had signed Felice Cafusi and Ray Stone. Now they've snapped up, in my in my mind, a very, very nice signing in Jermaine Asako. You kind of look at it now. Felice Cafusi, origin player. Ray Stone, Australia schoolboy. Jermaine Asako, international. They're, you know, everyone's waiting for the cheese and the monster and the the pongers, all these superstars. But we all know that in your roster of 30, you're not going to have every player superstar. And 
these are cornerstones right here. If you talk about like your 10 best players at a club, why can't these three be in that list? You know, Ray Stone's never had a chance. He's going to be, you know, hopefully he snatches that starting 13 jersey. You'd say is where he's probably going to play or maybe in the front row. Him, Felice on an edge, Asako, whether you play him a fullback or on the wing, you know, great goal kicker. I think it's a fantastic signing. I saw a lot of people slamming it. I'm not really understanding it. He's a point scoring machine. He can kick goals. He's a great finisher. We saw when he was outside with Tony Staggs, was able to really finish off tries. I think that I think for it, it's fantastic. Um, you know, you're not gonna go, you're not gonna be able to sign the whole comp as people are thinking. You know, I've seen so many in the co- I read the comments straight away. I wanted to see what the the feedback was, and it was just so many people saying, waiting for that first marquee. Why is this not happening? It's just guys, it's from scratch this team, you know. We look back at that first Titans team and you all, all think that the Titans team had superstars in it. It did not. It was Preston, it was Scott Prince, and it was Matt Rogers and Luke Bailey. They were the four main signings. Now, would you say Felice and Jermaine are on there? Maybe. You could say maybe a little bit under, but they're not done. And I think it's, again, it's going to be interesting to see how they integrate him because he was, a, you know, a highly routed... T- he was the rookie of the year when he first came in. He was a gun. And... I think he still is. You know, he's fallen out of favor at Brisbane a couple of times now. There's been some family matters as well in there. I think he's primed for a really, really good season at Brisbane this year. And then obviously leading in for the Dolphins, I think, especially, you know, Tessie New is the number one. I like it, but I do think Isako has the, has the ability for fullback. We saw what he did against that, that in that Bulldogs game last year. His footwork out the back, if he gets a little bit of space, he can really make guys miss. He's worked on his passing. He's obviously got the goal-kicking prowess. I think it's a good signing. And anyone who's slamming it, you know, these guys, that just think they're going to sign superstars left, right, and center. You obviously don't know how to build a team. You've got to go. You've got a 30-man squad to maintain. You can't just put, you know, 500,000 in every single player. This is how you build a side. This is how you build a side and a club. Anyone that broke today, Oregon Kafusi from Parramatta has gone to the Sharks starting in 2023. Again, another good signing. Dolphin, we don't know how long he's got left. Let's say two to three years. Oregon, he's a good player coming through Parramatta. They've lost a couple now. Kafusi, obviously, near Corey. Stefano last year. Their front row is taking a bit of a hit, but they've got that that schoolboy system. They'll be able to come through all those Cabra boys. And in the Western Sydney, a lot of players do obviously want to play for Parramatta. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a loss for Parramatta. I would have liked to see him stick around. He's been, you know, developing really well. And yeah, we'll... We'll be interested to see what happens there. Out of the signing, just a couple of around the ground news uh, before we wrap up today. So looking through the NRL website, the one thing that really caught my eye is Moses Suli. So obviously he did move over to the Dragons this season. I didn't love the signing. I think it's a huge paycheck. Now, as I've always said, you can't blame the player for taking the money. The money's being offered. I think Moses Suli if we take away the paycheck, can have a good season in this side. If he can really, you know, every time he came on for Manly, you know, he obviously fell out of the starting 17, but whenever he did come in, he was able to score tries. He was able to make game-winning plays. I think Moses Suli, I think back there was a game in Brookvale in the rain a couple of years ago against the Warriors, and he just, he won that game on his back. And he was able to off the scrum, barge through. He was able to, you know, make the first guy miss, make always 20 metres. Moses Uli has that ability, and the Dragons right now just are lacking the, you know, they've got a lot of, you look at their four-pack, obviously, that they signed this year. you got Woods, Burgess, Sua, you know, you got a, you know, still a Tarek there right now, Fumarono. You look in the backs, you know, you got a, a Ramsey, 
you know, you got a Jack Bird, a low max guys that are okay that can, but there's no real like game breakers, game winners. I think Moses Uli is one of those guys. And yeah, you probably have had to pay overs. And when clubs are, you know, the Dragons haven't really hit their heights in a, quite a few years, it's you've got to pay that bit of over to get there. And I think it's going to be intriguing to see what he can do in that Dragons because. It can go one or two race Well, I don't think Moses Sully is the player who's just going to play a consistent 26 rounds. I think it's going to be some really high ups. He'll, you know, really barnstorm if that Dragons team gets on a roll or could be, you know, a pretty bad signing if it doesn't go right. So one that de- definitely caught my eye and I'll be interested to see what happens moving forward. Last one here. Uh, it was obviously Nick Cotter going back. That has now been confirmed. He's going back to the Canberra Raiders. The Raiders are interesting to me this year. We're going to have a team of the rewind this year, and it's someone that we're going to really, you know, we're going to think about their success. It's not going to be who we think can win the comp, but it's going to be the most interesting team, the team that's got the most variables, the team that has, you know, the players that intrigue us, that hasn't hit hit their potential yet or is in a bit of a down. To me, before we even start thinking about other teams, I think Canberra's right up there for me. You've obviously, you know, they had so much success for you know some from 2015 to 2020 basically consistently around that prelim final you know you look at some of the english guys they brought in bateman hodgson uh you know you've got george williams who was going to be a superstar in the game had a good season and then obviously gone back to england jamal fogarty is there now how can he and jack wyden pair up you had chance i think to me one of the biggest injuries of last year we hopped on it so much last year can Chance get back to his his best? You know, you've got Savage now coming through who wants to play in the one jersey. Does Chance move into the centers maybe? To me, you look at their forward pack last year. We talked about it at Nauseam. You know, they've got they've got they've got two forward packs and essentially had to let some guys go. Some guys were underperforming. To me, it's got the highest variable. They can easily shoot back right up into the top four and be where they were. It could go south. They could be, you know, maybe Jamal Fogarty was, you know a good player, but apart from that system, and he moves in or a new system may not work. Jack Wyden, we haven't really seen him kick on since his Dallium uh, award there. You know, can Chance, that's a, a neck injury is always worrying, especially on a guy who runs in a line like Chance does. And then obviously you got your big boys, you got your Papalitis, you got your Tarpanes, you got quite a few guys in that front row that can be Dolphin targets, can be targets for other teams in 23 if they're still ha- out of favour. So to me, We'll do a full podcast where we kind of talk through and we'll give all the pros and cons of uh, around the Rewind team and who we're going to pick for this year. But to me, just, you know, glancing at some of the storylines, Kotrick back. So you obviously get a, a game winner in the outside backs. You know, you got Jamal, you got Charge, you got all these different storylines. You got Sticky still there. They've got this early, early COVID situation. How does that now, you know, is Sticky going to put in some real harsh restrictions on the team? To me, it's all it's all up in the air. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens because as we start going through into January and February, you know, 2021 is gone. We're now into 2022. What's going to happen? We've got to start, you know, you've got to, you've got to think about last year's results, but you can't rely on that. You've got to move into next year and think about, you know, the new players, the new structure, who came on last year, who got injured last year. All these things are going to come up. So I think Canberra to me is an early front runner for that. And we'll obviously talk about that more in later pods, but Canberra this year to me, especially this offseason, I'm going to be really interested to see positional battles. I'm going to be interested to see who does Sticky really trust some offseason storyline. So we'll get right deep into that as we as we move forward. 
but that'll be it for today, guys. Again, short, sweet pod. Just wanted to, you know, get the thoughts out. You guys have been incredible with the, the listening. It's been basically double what we're doing in the regular season last year. So I can tell you guys are wanting some content. I want to keep pushing it out. So a couple of guys have lined up some half days. We're going to smash out some pods. I've got some, like I said, I've got some rewind ones looking back compared to now. That top 100, I've still got all the draft there. I'm working on the format because, you know, 100 individual pods, I don't think is a way to do it. Maybe group them up, do it with someone, do it by myself. I'm not sure yet, but I've got content, guys. And if you guys keep listening, spread the word. The socials, I'm going to fire them back up, get get some good uh, stuff out there for you so we can kind of spread the word there as well. Because, again, I can I can see you guys are listening. The, the numbers are incredible. And, again, I started this thinking if five guys listen, if some of my mates listen and two randoms listen, I'd be happy, but you guys have been incredible the way you are listening. So I'll keep giving you this content as, much, as long as you guys keep listening. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.